Welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast with your hosts, Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Divert your phone and grab a brew as Waz and Nick unpack tips, tales, secrets and stuff-ups from guests both inside and outside your trade. Helping educate and inspire you to break the cycle of gut-busting and money stress and create a true trade business. G'day listeners uh, and welcome to the Tradies in Business podcast. How are you, Coxie? Hello, I'm well. How are you? I'm very well. My bottom is less sore now. Did we have to go there straight away? <laughs> really? We're just banging into it, aren't we'll, we? We'll, well, not like that, but we'll save that <laughs> Save that for our next um, Bleep It Friday episode. Can uh, we? And Melissa's sitting here, our guest today, going, what on Hi, everyone. earth are they <laughs> talking about <laughs> Warwick's bottom four? Uh, I think I've Sorry, turned Melissa. up for the wrong podcast. <laughs> I'm a little bit confused yeah. and concerned. <laughs> you should be. That's pretty much par for the course around here. So, uh, welcome, Melissa. Thank you for having me. It's very much our pleasure. Now, uh, your business is M Books. You're a uh, a bookkeeper. Uh, yeah. And we're not talking about bookkeeping today, though, are we? No, we're talking about something very relevant to this industry, and we're talking about retentions. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and some people are like, retentions, what? retentions. What? What, what's a retention? So, um, <laughs> before we dive into, I guess, the nitty gritty of the episode and what I know you're just busting to talk about, uh, <laughs> can you can you give our listeners a bit of background to who is Melissa and Mbooks and uh, how did you come to be uh, chatting with us couple of famous people today? <laughs> Hi. Okay. So, um, so I've been a, a bookkeeper for nearly 20 years, which horrifies me to say it wow. because then I think, my gosh, how old must I be? <laughs> <laughs> you started very young, clearly. I did start very young. I actually did really start very young. I um, grew up on the mid-north coast, so I'm a coastal country girl and I moved down here to Sydney um, when I finished year 10 because I was just raring to go into the workforce. I thought I knew it mm-hmm. all. And um, I wish I could just go back to being a teenager <laughs> at Melbourne Beach. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. There are some days I wake up and I'm like, why did I rush to become an adult? Yes. Um, so I, I worked for a couple of years. I worked for a couple of finance companies and accounting firm. And I really just hated the grind of the nine to five commuting to the city. And so I decided to do bookkeeping. Um, it was around the turn of 2000 when GST came in mm-hmm. and Happy I days. could see from our clients at the accounting firm that people were just going to struggle because you, they used to turn up with a box full of paperwork at the end of the financial year or nine months later and say to the accountant, do my tax. Well, GST <laughs> changed that world for them. Mm. Um and I just saw a really good business opportunity. So I dived in and I've been doing it ever since. So in the 19 years since then, I have worked for so many different types of businesses and it doesn't matter what industry, what service you're offering, all small businesses tend to have the same sort of problems. There are unique things like retention, obviously, for a a construction business, but generally small business just struggles. And the biggest struggle that they have is... um, they feel really lonely because they're running their 
business for themselves, within themselves. They don't really have a lot of people to talk to. Mm. It's not like being in a big office where you come in every day and you're struggling with something and you talk to your colleague. Mm. Um, and so I've just really enjoyed it. And um, in that time, I've had three kids, so life's got really crazy hectic. <laughs> um, and my husband runs his own business. He's running a gym, so he's leaving, you know, 5 o'clock in the morning, getting home at 9 o'clock at night. So... It's um it's a bit of a juggle, but we're getting there, and and I love I love what I do, which is I think the main reason why I could get up and out of bed every day, um because it's not going to an awful job that I hate. Mm. I hate bookkeeping <laughs> <laughs> with a passion. <laughs> I won't take that personally. <laughs> <laughs> no, bookkeeping, not bookkeepers. Yeah, I yeah. love bookkeeping. Look, I mean. <laughs> is I like that people don't like it because that's yes. why I'm in business. Um, yeah. Look, it's not everyone's forte. I don't like doing marketing um, mm. and will outsource that like a, a hotcake. Um, it's not the way that my brain works. I can't sort of be creative and in that field. And I think a lot of small businesses try to be everything because money is, is an issue at the beginning. Mm. Um, probably for the first five years, money is always the factor. So whatever they can do on their own um, and try and manage themselves, small businesses will do that. And um, and usually the accounts is one of those things that they try to manage, but then they just don't really like it. They don't really get it. A lot of problems happen and, um, yeah, and I, I completely understand that. So it's mm. not for everybody. Melissa, what, what percentage of people doing their own books are actually any good at it? When when you come on the scene That's and a loaded question. They, finally, they finally decide that they're going to get someone like you to come in and actually do it or help them with it, are there many people you see that are actually doing a good job of it? You can no. be honest. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, look, everyone... Some clients can manage a particular portion of their bookkeeping really well. So whether that be making sure that they're keeping copies of their receipts or um, there's a portion of their bookkeeping that they're usually on top of. But generally, they are not on top of everything. I mean, one of my um, long-term clients did an economics degree at uni mm. and wow. he just is like, I just don't want to do it. Yeah. I, I did the degree. I understand the concepts of accounting. I just don't really, I don't want to spend my time doing it. It's not what I enjoy. And he installs vertical gardens. So he's oh, better well. off out there installing vertical gardens than, you nice. know, sitting down and, and looking after his book. So not a lot of people do it well. But the thing is that it's a partnership with my businesses. Yes, I, I do a lot of outsourcing. So I take the problem away. Mm. But I still need the business owner on board with me. I still need them to understand the client to do a particular system or um, try and get the information in a certain way because it benefits their business. And so it's not as if people can just say to me, there you go, off you go and run with it. I still need my small businesses to be there with me. Yeah, yeah. I think you highlighted a great point there. It is a partnership and it takes a system. Two things we bang on about all the time, system, system, system. 100%. But having a yep. partnership with your bookkeeper or your accountant or any of the partners that you bring on board that you are outsourcing to is really important. It's not a one-way street. Yep. You can't just – you couldn't come in blind and just do the stuff. You need their knowledge yep. about how it's come to be the way it is. So that partnership is mm. really important. And I think, therefore, choosing a bookkeeper – is a really important process because you need to be able to have a relationship with that person in order to get the best results right. for both of you. 
Yeah, yeah. This isn't an out of the box package. It isn't going and buying a piece of software off the shelf. It's um, it really is that partnership. And and realistically, it's a three way partnership. There's your accountant, your bookkeeper, and the business owner. And the, those three people have to work really well together. And mm. your business will just be firing on all cylinders. Mm, totally agree. It does my head in the number of and I and I can't really speak because I do my own bookkeeping. <laughs> <laughs> but 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 I sort of like I have um, accounting qualifications and I had an accounting business for 10 years and I'm a, I'm a qualified financial planner and I did that for years and you know working with businesses as well I guess I muck around in the back end of, of zero and I read financials and that sort of stuff so um, but it just it does my head in the number of other small business owners that have pretty limited finance experience no training that just dive right into doing their own double entry accounting and make a complete balls up of it and then yeah. complain because the accountant charges them a thousand dollars to fix it all up at the end of the year, and they think they're doing quite a fine job. They would have been better off just outsourcing it to someone like you, hundred percent, and go and yeah. do what and, they're good at. Yeah, and look, the problem is at the moment is there's a lot of marketing around zero mile QuickBooks. It's like so easy, just buy our software and off you go. It's mm. you know a couple of clicks and you're running. Um, and it lures Sorry. people into this feeling <laughs> that by reconciling the bank feed, that somehow their accounts are done. <laughs> it's so and, true. Um, <laughs> there's there's people like, listening, well, there's Melissa, no- that are like, wait, what? <laughs> Hang on, I'm doing I thought that. that was all I had to do. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, you know, I love, I love, well, I don't love it. It's, it's a bit of a pain in the backside, but I get a file and someone's reconciled everything through the bank feed and it's just been mismatched, miscoded. There's doubled up entries because they've put the receipt against the sales invoice but then they've recreated it again by doing a bank feed entry and it's just an <laughs> absolute jumble but when you look at the dashboard and you get the green tick and it says everything's reconciled then you know it gives people a false impression yes um i actually so, find yeah it sorry i i reckon the software has made it worse for people because I learned double entry accounting the old school way in a ledger book like I'm showing my age yeah. now too well and so did I so <laughs> but it made sense it made sense right because you could see yeah. everything on a page or pages mm. you know if it was a complex set of accounts you could actually go okay here's this entry there's a debit oh yeah there's the corresponding credit then that's that general ledger account like not to talk too much geek speak but when you do it on something like zero or quickbooks or whatever you don't get to see all that behind stuff it'd be like looking at a car and going well the wheels make it go so as so long as the wheels are okay the car's gonna go but it's not till you lift the hood and go whoa hang on there's this engine and all yeah. this electronics and stuff oh okay yeah maybe i won't play with this thing yeah it's like saying that you're a mechanic because you can drive a car exactly that's the yeah. analogy it's yeah, yeah. um yeah the way that zero presents the software to you is it's meant to make it really easy it's very visual it's 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 brought double um double-edged accounting to normal people in a way that it just it's very sort of graphical you know the way that the bank feed and you mm. just click these buttons and you know there's green and all that sort of thing <laughs> but um it, behind the scenes there's so many problems with that you know mm. and and whilst i agree with zero's marketing in particular that it is really easy to do your own books it's really easy to do the really basic stuff yes which is 
reconcile bank fees to bank fees and tick off those transactions that seem to be matching. But that is like the top of the iceberg when it comes to your accounts. And as you're getting back to your point about people not understanding their accounting, there's no point running a business if you're getting a set of financials 18 months down the track because you don't know what's happening in your business yesterday, mm-hmm. let alone, you know, you get your tax return in 18 months' time. That his- that That history is, it's history. Mm. So mm. these programs bring your business to the forefront because it's no longer about, you know, writing checks and making deposits and bank reconciliation. It's about, okay, well, everything is up to date now. Let's have a look at your business. Why are your sales down? Why are your cost of goods gone skyrocketing through the roof? So it gives me, as a bookkeeper, a different set of tools to in- interact with my clients and say, you're not paying me to sit here and do data entry. You're paying me to to decipher this report for you and tell you how your business is going. Mm. Can I just make a really good point? It's something that we've spoken about a lot this week. So many of the tradies that we talk to are terrified of cash flow and understanding their books and their profit and loss. They're just absolutely terrified of it because they don't understand it and they're frightened of what it's going to say. And yep, sure, it might not tell you what you want it to say, but that knowledge is power. (laughs) It's better if it's bad and you know. (laughs) Absolutely. It gives you the opportunity to fix what's going on because it is real time or almost real time and you can then progress and make changes or find where the gaps are or the the hole is with your materials that are too expensive. Mm. You know, I don't – I get it. I hate it. I hate looking at my financials. It's terrifying. It very rarely tells me what I want it to say, but it gives me the power to make the changes so that I can make a difference to what's going to happen next month. Rather than getting yeah. 18 months down the track and thinking, holy crap, that's where all that money went yeah. and I could have plugged it. I, to- I totally agree. I think that accounting concepts scare people. They get these, like they get a profit and loss and they just look at it and go, I don't know what that means, yes. but why does the bottom, the number on the yeah. bottom of the report not reflect my bank account? Yeah, yes. I don't you know, have that classic. number in yeah. my oh, bank account. I, oh, I made $150,000 profit. Where is it? How come I don't have $150,000 <laughs> in my bank account? I nearly like ripped my hair out every single time. Um, yeah, and look, I've got a tradie that was like that. Mm. He, um, I mean, he, it was a classic. He got his wife to do the accounts. Mm-hmm. She had no accounting background except that she was married to him. Yep. Um, I feel sorry for the wives. When, oh, it's a bloody horrible position to be dropped <laughs> into. Oh, you're married to a tradie. You must know how to do bookkeeping. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. yeah. You're an accountant. <laughs> you're a negotiator. Um, yep. Yeah, and their accounts were an absolute mess. I mean, the the lady had three children that she was trying to look after. And um, the biggest problem that I discovered by them not having their accounts up to date was this retention problem. They didn't know how much retention had been withheld from the contracts that he'd been working on. And he had an awful amount of money owing to him. So um, it's really important to keep your accounts up to date. It's really important to know your accounts. Good, bad, ugly, whatever. You absolutely just need to have your eyes open because if you have your eyes closed and you're driving a car, you're going to crash and that's exactly the same in a business. And it's that's an area we definitely want to dive into with you today is that retentions area. An analogy that I use all the time is because I love, you know, motor cars and motorbikes and aviation and all that sort of stuff is I use the I liken it to having the dials and gauges 
in the car or the plane and you can't operate a machine if you don't have the the dials telling you what's going on with the engine with the you know exhaust temperatures the speed the fuel use all that sort of stuff and so one of those gauges that we want to look at in detail with you today is this one of retentions because it's not one that I I don't hear tradies talk about it um it obviously applies to a specific part of the market but it can be really nasty actually as far yeah. as losing money um and you know profit can evaporate on a job if you don't have this area um under control and if you're not watching that gauge so what the heck yeah. is a retention for those people listening that don't actually know what we're on about okay so retention is percentage of the contract value that is withheld by the client to make sure that the job is completed and that the the defects are um, rectified during the period of the contract. So um, typically you will enter into a contract with a client for a build or um, some sort of you know large landscaping project or something like that and you'll agree on the contract value. And then say that's $500,000. So then what happens is you'll make some progress claims on that job as you're going along because obviously you're paying for supplies and materials and things like that. And each time you give the client a progress claim, they will withhold a percentage of that um, up to the value of usually about 5% of the contract. Sometimes it's more. It is negotiable depending on your um, agreement with the client and you know your, your history with them, but it's generally 5%. And so once they, uh, once you can continue to submit your progress claims and they hit their 5% that they're withholding, then the rest of the job just gets paid for as normal. Now, what happens with that 5% is the client is holding it back. At the end of the job, you enter into this period called um, completion. So you'll notify the client that you've completed the job and you'll make it on your diary and say, I completed the project. Usually, they will then give you the 2.5% back if they've looked at the job and they are pretty happy with it. You know, there's no major faults. They'll give you that 2.5% back straight up. Then, they'll usually wait a period of time, maybe 6 to 12 months, for other um, defects to occur. It's particularly in a building um, that they will notify you and you'll go and rectify them. And then, at the end of that period, you'll then ask for the extra 2.5%. Now, what usually happens is I feel like it's a bit of a power play. So you're quoting on a job, you want the job. The contractor has got all the power. Mm. So they will usually dictate the terms to you and you'll then present them with a project claim invoice as you go along and it's almost like you're holding out your hands for money saying, please, can I have some money? And then they just pay you an amount of money. Mm. And that doesn't necessarily agree with the invoice that you've raised for a lot of different reasons. Sometimes they won't pay you on particular points in the project claim because you haven't done them or they're not happy with the job or whatever. Mm -hmm. So you'll just end up with this amount of money in your bank account. And unless you're all on top of the remittance advices that they send you and you knowing what the percentage of the retention should be, you'll just accept the money and move on with the job. And at the end of it, if you don't write down your project date finished, and you don't often 12 months to get the rest of the money back, you've basically given that build or that a 5% discount because they've just kept the money and you didn't ever get it returned. So that's pretty much retention in a nutshell. It's like a little mini insurance policy. It tends to end up being a discount for the client mm. because unless you're on top of your books, you never chase it. So. 
And that's that's a big um, issue, I guess, is keeping a track of what you've been paid and and you know how much of that um, invoice short pay was for retention, how much of it was for incomplete works, and I can imagine, you know, on a big job over six to twelve months or more, that can get pretty messy. And trying to trying to reconcile all of that at the end, if you haven't kept really good records and notes and uh, using a good system, it's just going to be an absolute dog's breakfast, to use a polite term. Uh, and then, you know, it's it's really difficult to go back to the um, client and say, "Well, you owe us this amount of money. Please pay." Yeah, yeah. So. And I think that that's a lot of the time the bigger construction firms sort of bank on that because mm. they're usually dealing with a smaller subcontractor. Yep. Um, they throw these um, schedules at you in an Excel spreadsheet that's like got 15 columns and, you know, 25 rows and there's numbers going in and numbers going out and you just look at that and you go, oh, my gosh, how do I even like reconcile that to what's happened so far? So unless you're really confident in your Accounts, it's hard to phone to that really big company mm. and say, um, I think you've made a mistake on your schedule and these are the numbers because they'll always take the firm view that they're correct. Yeah, yeah, yep. So, are, so. There, are there some, uh, like, I guess simple things that listeners should look at changing or putting into place so they don't make a meal of this and end up giving away two and a half or worse, five or 10% on their jobs? Yeah, there's some really simple things. Obviously, documentation is really ultra important. So um, having that contract in place with the person and not having a verbal contract is the first step in this um, making this right so that everyone knows what page we're working on. The contract value is X amount of dollars and the retention is going to be this and then you're going to get 2.5% or whatever at the end of completion and then the balance at the end of the defect liability period. So... So everyone knows we're playing if that's written down. And tradies love a verbal agreement, you know, a handshake, chat over the tray or whatever, but that doesn't help anybody because everyone remembers something slightly different. So definitely have those contracts in place um, in the beginning. And with each progress claim that you then um, give to the client, ask for remittance advice because that will tell you what they think that they're paying. Um, And on that progress claim, you can dispute whether or not they have taken out the wrong amount of retention or if they're for something, you can fix it up straight away. So that's just a couple of things at the beginning of the job. As I said before, when the job completes, make a note of it in your calendar mm. because that date is the important date. And and notify the client that that is the date that you have said that the project is completed so everybody knows what the date is. Um, sometimes companies... And I've worked with a few construction companies which are really awesome and they'll just release the 2.5% without any documentation from you. But you should give them documentation anyway just to remind them that you Mm. want your 2.5% and give them the opportunity to come back to you and say, well, there's a huge amount of defects with this job. We're not paying you that money until you rectify it. So all communication pretty much is is the key. Um, And then make a calendar note for the 6 or the 12 months down the track so you don't forget. Because you're off doing other jobs now and you're just waiting for the time to tick over for you to claim the balance. Totally forget about it if you don't put it in a calendar. So really easy, 12 months from the date of completion or whatever the contract originally stated, put that in your calendar and chase them. Mm. 
Who would have thought communication would be the most important part <laughs> of anything in a construction business? It's such a common theme, isn't, <laughs> isn't it? it? We, we've had so many guests on the show giving so much great information and one of the key aspects of doing things better is generally communication and keeping good records and having a few basic systems in place. Every so, single time. I know, I know. There's a theme <laughs> there, folks. There is a theme. Yeah, yeah. Hello. <laughs> Ring-a-ding-ding. I, it's, I, look, my stepdad was a tradie. He was in a plumber. And it just, I feel like it's all just the the friendly vibe. They want to, yes. you know, be the nice guy all um they just want the job at the end of the day and they'll work themselves into it without having proper records and yeah that might be fine for a two thousand dollar reno or something like that but when you're getting into the realm of retentions which are usually bigger contracts yeah you have to just be all over this kind of stuff for a whole lot of reasons besides retention Mm. um it's just you if you have it in paper and you have it in writing then there's almost you know that no, there can be no confusion. It's just not something tradies are taught over and over and over again. We say the same. They're not taught. They're taught how to be really good at their trade. They're not taught how to be really good at a business and what it takes to run a business in the back end. And and you need that support. It isn't something that you really can do on your own. You need your partners, like your bookkeepers, like your business advisors, like your accountant, like your solicitor. You need those partners in place to make your business continue to flow and grow the way that it needs to and everything that you've said today just speaks exactly to that you, <laughs> you, you the, the communication is massive but you can't do all of that on your own you need somebody to help you document that to put it in the right folder to ensure that it's in the right place so that you can fall back onto that if you need to it, it it's I'm laughing because I, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about a post that I think you put up in the the tradies and business Facebook group Nicole mm. earlier in the week and uh, and it was, what do you wish you knew about business <laughs> when you started? And one guy's comment was, business. Oh, it's so true. <laughs> it's like, he just so wished true. he knew about business. Uh, it was, yeah. And it was just such a, a sadly poignant comment mm. that tradespeople just, they haven't learnt any of this stuff. No. And, and no. Look, that's why Coxie and I do this show. It's why we have guests like you, Melissa, on here talking about topics as exciting and uh, and sexy <laughs> as bookkeeping and retentions. Um, but this is the sort of stuff you need to know, people. So if you're listening to this and thinking about turning off because boring as as you know watching paint dry, think again. This is the stuff that costs you your lifestyle. This is yes. the stuff that that yeah. costs you those sleepless nights and the seventy hour weeks because you don't get the simple things right and. You know, all it takes is talking to someone like Melissa or any of our other fantastic guests and partners to actually get some help that doesn't cost you a million bucks and it can save you thousands. So that's the end of my preach. I I think um, I 100% agree with that. I think that people have to think about it like this. You tend to go into... to business as a tradie because that's the way that the the, the industry is set up, right? So mm. they don't usually want a lot of employees. They want to hire you as a contractor. So you're kind of forced into this role of being a business person. Mm. Um, but I had an example of a, a tradie wife came to me for some business advice um, around bookkeeping um, and her husband was a carpenter or something. And he was grinding, like he was doing 60 to 70 hours a week and she was, you know, meant to be looking after the accounts. And at the end of the day, with all the admin costs and all the worry about is the client going to pay me and chasing the work, and all of, he would have been better off going and getting a job as a carpenter mm-hmm. in a larger firm and having some lifestyle choice. So, yes. yeah. um, 
Um, you're either in business because you want to be in business and you want to do it well, or you're in a quasi business because you're a contractor. Yeah. And um, you have which one of those two people that you're in because if you're a contractor, at the end of the day, it actually might be easier to just go and be an employee because you don't have to worry about all this stuff that you're listening to now going, oh, my gosh, my brain's going to explode. Yeah. But if yeah. you want to have that business that's going to grow and be better and you know give your family the lifestyle that you want, then you have to think about this stuff. It's an absolute no-brainer. Mm. Absolutely. I got two questions, Coxie. You, you, you weren't going to jump in then. No, no, you could. I was what, just taking can, breath. Just ready, ready, ready. <laughs> Racing. So, Melissa, um, I've got to ask: Do you do the bookkeeping for your husband's business? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> they are my, my worst clients. <laughs> of course. Yes, I do the bookkeeping, and we actually sit next to each other in my office. And uh, is he it, there now? I just want to throw. No, no, no. Okay. <laughs> he's, not here. Um, he's off at the gym doing whatever. Um, they pretending to be busy, probably. Yes. Look, in case of they are too busy running their business yes. and they don't really care about this side of it, um, and that's fine. Except that I need people to pull their weight a little bit, and they yeah. don't pull their weight at all, and no. I'm continually hounding on them. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, no. Well, I, I think we can let you off the hook because you're, you're actually qualified um, to be doing that. So uh, so we'll let you off the hook with that one. Um, the other question is one that I asked pretty much all of our guests. Uh, if, yes. if you yeah. had a thousand tradies in a room, what's one piece of advice you would like to leave them with? Systems. Get yes. systems yes. in place. <laughs> um, at the end of the day, I'm a bookkeeper and I don't even like really doing bookkeeping. Um, it's more the helping out that is the enjoyable bit of my business. So yeah. I get nobody likes doing bookkeeping. And the more systemized that you can have it, the better that your life is going to be. Absolutely. And um, you'll just see a flow on effect into your business if this part of it, this is the core part of your business. If this bit of your business isn't right, then the rest of your business isn't right. It doesn't yeah. matter how great your product is, how great your service is. If you don't get this right, the rest of it's going to go um, downhill really fast. So mm. absolutely systems is the absolute key to running a successful business. Yeah. It's, again, a common theme. <laughs> so, uh, um, and give your wives and your partners a break. And yes. They can do <laughs> yeah. You, you, bookkeeping. Yeah, for for the sake of you know, I don't know, forty to sixty, seventy bucks an hour for a, a decent bookkeeper, depending on the level that you want to play at, it's a pretty cheap way to get your wife back. You it's know, actually and, something and I save your marriage. To. Yeah, it right? really is because you just you're lumped with this responsibility of trying to make, I don't know, water out of mud, and it's almost impossible, and it really becomes a contention between the two of you in your marriage or your partnership. It is so difficult, and yet. If you just employ somebody else to help you with that, suddenly there is this new space in your relationship where you actually get to be husband and wife and not fighting or clashing against each other because yeah. Yeah. one thing isn't right or it, it doesn't look the way it was supposed to. It becomes somebody external giving that information. That's still necessary information, but it's not a pain point mm. in your relationship anymore. Mm. And for the cost of what? So yeah. Do the data entry. That's not particularly hard. Pop the mm. data into the system and then pass it over to the bookkeeper, who you have as a partner, and get that bit done. I, we, mm. I'm sure I only paid a few hundred dollars each quarter to have the bookkeeper come in and 
just do the stuff. Make it magic. Fix it up. Yeah. Give us the reports. Talk us through yeah. through the reports. It's done. It's coming from a third person. It's no longer me telling the bad news. Yeah, I'm not yeah. the bad guy anymore. So we don't necessarily argue yeah. about that. Sure, it might be uncomfortable conversation because it's not what it should be. But it, it I just for your relationship, get mm. a bookkeeper. And then for the clients, 100%. for the clients we work with, Coxie, and- it's it's frustrating to see. Um, or to not be able to see decent financials for us to have a look at a, a tradies business mm. and because we can read the financials and have a look at where they're performing, where they're not performing and and knowing that the data behind that is not accurate means that it's it's a load of bump. It's, it's useless. It's a waste mm. of time. And so it's really hard to make decisions yeah. about is it your pricing, is it your productivity, are your overheads too high? You know, you can't draw those mm. conclusions as a business manager or for us as mentors and, and teachers because we don't have access to good information. So mm. it's a fundamental thing to yeah. get right. As you know, Melissa, yeah. I know I'm preaching to the to the preacher here. But, uh, <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. into the converted over here. For, for yeah. listeners out there, it is such a but critical thing. It's 100% thing. what Nicole said. Like, you, you want to have a good relationship with your wife because you married them because you love them, not because you want to argue over your accounts every night. And mm. I'm on a Facebook group called Tradie Wives. And they just continually say the same thing. Their husband comes in, dumps a bag full of crap on their desk and, oh, why wasn't this quote done? Why aren't these, you know, invoices up today? And you lose that relationship with the person that you love because, and I know it with my husband, I do his bookkeeping and we argue about it and, you know, it it shouldn't be like that. You get rid of it out of your marriage, have your marriage and your family and have Mm. business separate. Mm. Agree. Cool. We've just saved a whole bunch of marriages, Melissa. Thanks for that. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to add that maybe to your I business card. That. Yeah, yeah. I was just about to say, maybe I should add that to my LinkedIn profile, relationship saver. Saving, <laughs> saving relationships by doing your books. Yeah. It's <laughs> a great elevator pitch. <laughs> All right. So uh, if people want to find out more about um, you, Melissa, or particularly in books, uh, what's the best place for them to go and do that? Uh, a couple of places. So I've got a website, uh, mbooks.com.au. Um, you can find me on Facebook um, at mbooks.net.au, I think is my Facebook handle. Otherwise, just shoot me an email at, well, I'll give the admin one because it's easier to spell that it's admin at mbooks.com.au. Um, my parents decided to give me a name that I continually have to spell for the days of my life. <laughs> How very thoughtful of them. Yeah, yeah. They're just extracting yeah. their own revenge. <laughs> yeah, I was a bit of a pain in the ass. <laughs> Awesome. Well, uh, thanks for your time today, Melissa. It's been good to talk about retentions. It's a nice uh, deep dive specific topic that we haven't covered before on the podcast. And I think it's one that gets overlooked quite a lot. And I know there's a lot of conversations in the Tradies in Business group on Facebook, our group, um, where there's, there's what, more than 1,200 Tradies in Business on there now, lots I think, Coxie. Lots, yeah. um, growing every day. But, but there's a lot of conversations about chasing bigger contracts and and, you know, getting some of these uh, big clients that those people are going to fall foul of retentions and it can be a very, very painful and costly exercise. Mm. So, um, thanks for your time today. And, uh, no problem. Thanks I hope, for having me. I hope your husband doesn't make your Bring life me. too difficult with, uh, with the receipts. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you have a system in place well, you know, that's not a shoebox. Well, you know, we out of it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. No, 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 no. It's only electronic receipts. I yes. receive no paper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Love it. Awesome. Well, thanks again, yeah. Melissa. Thank you.
Thanks. Thanks, guys. So there you go. Retentions. Scary stuff. Well, it could be. I, I was just saying to you, Nicole, uh, after we wrapped up with Melissa and, and we're talking about doing the outro bit here, um, I've heard horror stories of people working for bigger contractors, and mm. I won't name any, but we could probably just make a big long list of all the big <laughs> primary <laughs> contractors we? in Australia. Couldn't we? Um, but I've, I've heard of people getting stung for like 15, 20% retentions on big <sighs> contracts. That's a massive amount of money. And then just the ducks and drakes that happens at the end. Yes. And it drags out past the 12 months and then it goes to 18 months and two years. And, like, it can cripple a, a small to medium business. Absolutely. You can't sustain that loss. No. And all for the sake of basically just keeping really good records and ponying up a few hundred bucks a, a month or a quarter for a bloody bookkeeper. <sighs> <laughs> I, just, I, I can hear your exasperation, Coxie. I, I can't say it enough. Look, it was never a negotiable thing in our business. Mm. We were having a bookkeeper. Anything I could get wrong, we had a bookkeeper for. <laughs> I wasn't going to be legally responsible for the fact I'd stuffed up the books. I just wasn't. It wasn't going to ever be my fault. So, data entry was my thing and I didn't even reconcile the bank accounts. I'm sorry. There you are. There's my big confession. I didn't even do that. You know why? Because I just make a meal of it. It's not my area of expertise. Were you trained as a bookkeeper? Not at all. No. Did I want to be? Hell so no. So, why would you do it? Exactly. I'm not trained as a helicopter pilot. That's why they won't let me fly helicopters. I know a helicopter pilot that, you know, probably shouldn't be. <laughs> anyway, we won't go down that road. <laughs> that was an interesting one I picked, wasn't it? I didn't do that on purpose. Are you sure? Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> but I'm glad I did. So, so what we've done, um, if you were listening to that and going, oh, uh, okay, I still don't really know what I should be doing to manage my retentions or perhaps I'm about to go and try and do some work for bigger contractors and I'm going to have this issue. Um, what Melissa has been kind enough to do is actually put together a bit of a PDF cheat sheet. Um, and it's sort of, uh, you know, the, the main things you need to know about retentions mm-hmm. and how to manage those mm-hmm. and um, and hopefully get paid them um, at the end of the contract after practical completion and the defects period that she talked about. So what we'll do is if you go to the website, tradiesinbusiness.com.au forward slash retentions, which is the um, episode page for today's podcast. So there'll be the show notes there. There'll be the audio for today's episode. And we'll put a little uh, button or link or whatever there. If you pop your email address in, we'll actually send you the cheat sheet from today's episode. Um, Now, even if you're not doing work for big contractors and you have retentions currently, it's probably worth grabbing it because it's actually a really good way to manage just how you run your books and how you run your jobs anyway. Mm. So um, head on over to tradiesinbusiness.com.au forward slash retentions. Uh, stick your email address in there and we'll send that straight to your inbox and save you a whole lot of mucking around on Google. And if that's really too hard, just go to the website and find the podcast. Yeah. It's on the podcast You page. could do that too. Yeah. <laughs> Make it easy for you. <laughs> Uh, now, um, we talked in the episode about the Facebook group. If you're not in there, please go and join. It's free. All you've got to do is answer three simple questions and, uh, and we'll let you in if you, uh, if you make the cut. Um, so Ooh, if, if you're a tradie, <laughs> if you're a tradie in business, um, then you'll be in. 
Uh, if you plug in stuff and all that sort of jazz, then generally we won't let those people It'll be a in no. Affirm because, no. uh, because we've got a great community of, of more than 1,200 tradies in business mm-hmm. all helping each other, swapping ideas. And as we said, it's absolutely free. Um, Coxie and I hang out in there and there are some fantastic conversations going on in there. So make sure you go and join the Facebook group and uh, yeah, go to the website and grab your download. Thanks for listening. Hooroo. You've been listening to the Tradies in Business podcast with Warwick Bidwell and Nicole Cox. Find out more about today's guest, tools for your trade business and other cool stuff at tradiesinbusiness.com.au.